0: Welcome to IBBA Insights, providing expert advice on buying or selling small businesses. IBBA Insights is presented by the International Business Brokers Association, the world's largest nonprofit organization for those helping others sell or buy businesses.
1: Now, here's your host, Prestiglio. Diglio. For years, the IBBA has been the industry leader in educating business brokers. They've taught struggling business brokers how to become superstars. I can't begin to tell you in my career how many times throughout the years I heard former business owners express their desire to be business brokers. So I always ask them why. Why do you want to be a business broker? And their response always made me laugh because they say, well, you guys make a lot of money and it's an easy job. Well, then they get excited. I'm going to be a business broker because it's easy and they make a lot of money and they realize quickly it's not that easy of a job. In fact, it's extremely detailed and very difficult. The statistics behind it show us that upwards of 90% of new business brokers fail without proper training. Now, they don't fail because of their intelligence. They fail because they truly don't understand our job and they didn't understand what was going to happen in the transition of becoming, whether it be a former business owner or a career change into becoming a business broker. So as I mentioned, the IBBA has always been the place for education of business brokers, and now they, you know, they even have classes on how to thrive and not just survive in business brokers. What they've done now is an absolute game changer. If you're looking to change careers or you sold your business and think business brokerage is for you, the IBBA has launched a Step to Success program. It's a guide to the business brokerage profession. And My guests today are both former business owners who have had successful careers as business brokers. One is the current uh, is a current IBBA member who's been very influential in this new program, and the other is a retired business broker who achieved great success in part to the education he received from the IBBA. The first I'd like to introduce to you Neil Isaac. He's a big contributor to the IBBA and also with this podcast, he helped put together all of these shows. Now, he has a story from biologist turned business broker. He swam with the sharks at Ripley's Aquarium of the Smokies before moving to the Triangle to open a tropical fish store. Sold it, went into advertising, television advertising sales, you know, and thinking, you know, he was placing TV spots in the Super Bowl at a local level. He then decided, I'll become a business broker. He bought a VR franchise and has been brokering deals since 2016. He's a CBI, a CM, an AP, an MBA, and every other alphabet letter, letter that you want to put after that. He's an educated guy. Even better, he's a great guy. Neil, welcome to IBBA Insights.
2: Well, thank you for the warm welcome, Chris. Good to be here.
1: Uh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. I appreciate all the time you always put into uh, the IBBA, and, and especially the show. Without your help, it wouldn't be possible. And joining us today, Neil, is that we have a retired disabled American veteran. We have a, He's a ministerial entrepreneur, owned many different businesses. In fact, he's a past chair of the IBBA, Happens to be a great dad. He's been retired from business broker for about uh, ten years, and he understands the journey from business owner to business broker. My guest is my father, Chris Diglio. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Sean. So, just so you know, I say Chris, and he says Chris. I'm not talking to myself. You'll you'll hear the difference in the voices, and we're going to try not to confuse Neil too much. All right, Neil.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Chris.
1: So. Let's get started, guys. My, um, Neil, I'd like to start with you. You've been working very hard lately on a program within the IDBA, in fact, with several several members. It's called the Steps to Success, and you have committee members. I believe the chair is Charles Spickert and then Suzanne DeLucia, Brenda Solly, and, and yourself uh, serve on this committee. But why don't you tell us a little bit about this new program the IDBA has launched? Sure, sure, happy to do it. So. I
0: mean, it, it, with the IBBA itself, as you know, it's a group of of intermediaries that are that are dedicated to the industry. They are very focused on education, and, and most of us want to give back to the industry. And this particular program, Steps to Success, is designed just to answer that question. You know, could I be a business broker? Is business brokerage right for me? And if so, where do I start? So this is a content piece right so you can go and and check out an incredible white paper it's probably the most professionally written white paper on our industry that i've read and and then there's going to be more content we've already done one webinar and we've got several more planned around mentorship in the industry around how business brokerage is different than other industries and essentially it's a great resource for anybody Who's thinking about making that leap, but they have questions and they need answers.
1: That's that's fantastic. Um, you know, I want to now specifically focus today, Neil and Chris, if you guys don't mind, on people that are looking at career changes or people that have sold their business and they want to become a business broker. So I'm going to start with, with with my father, Chris. Uh, think back. I mean, way back when you first became a business broker. Now, how would a program like Steps to Success have helped you, maybe make a decision, or helped you in your career in general?
2: Well, I think any education that you can receive prior to or during uh, your career is, would be very, very helpful. So I'm happy to hear that the IVBA is actually putting a program like this together. When when you first became
1: a business broker, you know, you, you had owned multiple businesses throughout your lifetime. And then in looking for businesses, I know the broker you were working with said to you, you know, you asked all the right questions. Uh, you might be considered becoming a business broker. Talk about business brokerage when you started pre IDBA to then understanding what the IDBA was and then what it meant to you
2: it's a good question actually when i first became a business broker it was because i was looking to buy a business and then the broker uh, of the company the owner of the company said to me you've owned all these businesses you seem to know a lot about various businesses why don't you consider selling businesses until you find something you like well as it turns out i never found anything i like better than doing business brokering but at the time there was absolutely no Training available that I was aware of. I wasn't aware of the IBBA at that point. So for me, it was trial and error. Uh, But once I joined the IBBA, it was a huge leap forward for me. In what way? What what was so helpful? Well, the education, of course. I mean, back then, we didn't, uh, in in Florida at least, we really didn't have any specific training on how to do valuations. So up to that point, I was basically doing it uh, through what I had done in the past in my own businesses which didn't compare to the training I got uh, from the IBBA regarding recasting, business valuations, et cetera. So that was a, a huge, huge leap forward. Uh, and so when I'm in front of a competitor, or, or excuse me, when I'm in front of a client who's been talking to one of my competitors, and they compare what I had to tell them and show them as opposed to what they were seeing from other competitors, it was night and day. So it was a huge advantage. Neil, Neil what was your experience when it came to that?
0: Well, I was, I was fortunate. So, you know, uh, father, Crest, I'll call you for now. It's, it's, it sounds like you did it the hardest way possible. The self taught approach to business brokerage, I would have hated to approach this industry in that way. Cause I just don't think I could have done it. Um, I, I approached it from a very clinical perspective. Like I need a, a certain bar of education before I can even consider serving clients. I, w- I felt like I wouldn't be, Serving them properly. If I didn't educate myself, so I attacked the education piece first until I really felt like I was credible and educated enough to to go out and serve clients.
2: Well, I think the difference was Neil. I I, I don't know what state you're from, but in Florida, um, you know, it was interesting when I worked with various brokers to find a business to buy. You know, back then, we didn't have an MLS system. We didn't have a lot of things that they have today in Florida. And so you would yeah. literally go from broker to see what their listings were. Uh, but when I came across Corporate Investment International, I knew that they were cut uh, above most of the all of the business brokers that were out there. But just a little, little thing such as the way business brokers dressed back then. Most of them in Florida were in khakis, golf shirt, and that's how they would conduct business. So the first thing yeah. I did to set myself of them is I wore a suit and tie every day. Anytime I was in front of a client, I was always dressed professionally. And then, of course, with the background that I had on various businesses, when I started selling businesses and going after listings, I sought those businesses that I knew something about. I wouldn't go into a business like bars and restaurants, manufacturing back then I knew nothing about. So I, I pretty much... Uh, solicited the businesses that I had owned, the type of business that I had owned, so that I had knowledge of it. And so uh, that's how I got started. And then as it went on, uh, I saw uh, other things lacking in the profession. And so I actually developed a system that became very successful. And when my uh, boss, so to speak, the broker, saw the success I was having, he asked me to be a partner. So I bought half the company, uh, with the agreement that I would buy the balance when he was ready to retire, he was 10 years my senior, and then we used what I had learned in uh, in a year or two to create our own training program at our company. And again, that set us a, a you know way above our competitors. And then when my partner, he was an engineer, and you know he had that kind of personality, so never get emotional. So he would go to the IBB every year. And Come back and he say you no know, Chris. It's really good. You should try it and I and I just let it go and what happened was one year they were having it at Las Vegas And I love Las Vegas, so I said okay now's the time to try it Well, I'm a guy that likes to get things done And so I signed up for all the courses I started on a Sunday ended on a Friday I believe and back then you could actually get take your CBI exam before you completed everything but I remember on a Sunday morning after my first class, I came out of the door and I said to my partner, because he was walking, away, I said, "Why didn't you tell me how great this was? Did I been telling you for years?" So my experience.
1: And Neil, you got wow. into business brokers, and I believe you got into the the VR franchise, correct?
0: I did. I did the VR franchise. Um, I actually took some other courses, and they were they kind of wet my appetite for uh what i'll call like a full significant type course the cbi was always a goal for me and um and so i took some of the introductory courses the steps to success program wasn't really wasn't available back then but i just started taking a few courses here or there and 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 realized how how the quality of the classes and then that's when i set my sights on the cbi but hey chris I, i like what you're saying about so going after businesses that that you know about i think that's really smart on this topic of going from business owner to business broker that's where i think people are going to have the best success if you kind of stay in your element of where your expertise is already smart
2: yeah the the very first business i sold neil was a uh dry cleaners i had owned a chain one of the businesses i had owned in new york was a chain of dry cleaners and so you know People would come to me I got a listing because I was able to talk their language and people that would come to me um, you know if they wanted to buy a dry cleaner the first question I would ask is what do you know about it well you know the next door I go to a dry cleaner he's busy all the time it looks like they're thriving I said look it, in back then and I believe still so today it was primarily a cash business and I don't ever recommend cash businesses to people that don't have the experience now myself I could walk into a dry cleaners and ask basic questions look at their invoices, find out how many rolls of of, uh, uh, wrap they're using, plastic wrap, how many gallons of the cleaning fluid they're using, how many cases of uh, hangers they use a week, and I could back into the numbers. A novice wouldn't be able to do that. So again, having uh, somewhat of expertise in a particular business uh, gives you a real leg up on your competitors. And it it allows you to really help the client. Sure.
1: Sure. Yeah, I agree. You know, I'm a former business owner myself before I became a business broker, but heck, I am only the host of the show now. So I'm I, I'm enjoying listening to two of my fellow you know, you know, two people that have gone down the same path talk and share their stories. And Neil, I, I, I wanna know because we have the steps to success now, and it's gonna help someone identify whether it's the right idea potentially for them to become a business broker, what it entails, and what it does. So I'd like to hear from you, and and then also from Chris. You know, what are some of the characteristics that business owners have that might make them good business brokers?
0: Yeah, well, I'll take a stab at that. I would say some of the some of the me and your and your father and you, Chris, are probably the most common path to business brokerage in that we're former business owners. And we sold our businesses and we said, Okay, I understand how that works. I could do it. But other people, maybe they come over from real estate brokerage or maybe they are uh in finance and they make the move that way. And I, I have a friend who came out of the military and became an, an intermediary. So there's a million ways that you can make the the cross into it, but what's gonna determine success, I think the biggest thing is tenacity. This is the business where you're gonna hear no a lot and you're gonna Put a lot of work into deals that may fall apart. So that never giving up quality is, is is going to be a major differentiator. And you know the the education piece. We started this podcast talking about education. A commitment to education is a precursor. There's no doubt that if you don't commit to learning how to do this, you're not you're not going to stay on top, and you're just not going to have long-term success. So that's
2: a couple of them. Well, in our company, because of that, I agree 100% about what you just said, Neil. After I went to the IBBA and then I became an owner uh, a couple of years later, we made it mandatory that everyone go to the IBBA and get their CBI's. And we would reward them for that. We would give them uh, a bump up in commission if they, in fact, got their CBI. So the education uh, part of it is, is for sure very important. But even more than that, I've always said you've got to have passion for what you do in any business. I mean, I've owned a business once before that I hated and I couldn't wait to sell it. And I've owned businesses that I've loved so much, I didn't want to go home. I couldn't wait to get to work the next day. Because, and I tell this to clients all the time if you view your business as a job, you're not going to be real happy. It's got to be something that you really, really enjoy doing because money is important, but your feelings and, and, What you want to accomplish is more important. And if you're not passionate about what you're doing, chances are you're not going to be successful in the long run.
1: And guys, what I found was as a a former business owner, I found that when I was sitting on the other side of the desk, I knew the position they were in. I knew the trepidation they might have in, I'm talking with someone about potentially selling my business. So I knew how he was feeling. I also knew the questions to ask. I knew the what, what might be important to them, what they wanted to know, what they might want to hear because you sit across from them. I'm sure you guys have experienced, you ever sit across from a business owner that's the first time they're looking to sell their business and you say something, they nod their head. Like they understand everything you're saying, but you can see in their eyes, they really don't know what you're talking about. So the ability, because I sat in their seat to maybe go a step further and explain things to them because I know from sitting in their seat, if it was said to me, I might not have understood what what was being said at that point.
2: 100%. I think think for me, the most rewarding thing that that ever happened to me in any business was the fact that when you work with these clients, whether they be buyers or sellers, and they understand that you have a, a, a good understanding of their business or of what they need to accomplish as a buyer, They really appreciate that, and in fact, they don't look at you as a salesman. I I never allowed uh, any of our agents to use salesman, uh, broker, you were a consultant, you were an advisor, but but don't use any word that comes across negative. And like I said, for me personally, the most rewarding thing was when the end of the uh, transaction took place, the thank you. We really appreciate what you did. You know, I wasn't viewed yeah. as a salesman. Every other business I own, you're a salesman, basically. Whereas here, you really, if you if you do it properly and you have the right education, people do appreciate what you're doing. They look at you and say, thank you. Yeah,
0: it, it's it's interesting, because earlier in our talk, we you, you were talking about the transition, how you kind of got into the firm with your partner and then you took over for your partner. So you, you were doing some some exit planning there in to get into your firm and and I think um you talked about passion also, passion for for, for doing a job. So I, I think that business brokers, they you have to be passionate about doing deals. You have to love doing deals. And a lot of intermediaries they really don't retire altogether. They just get more selective about about which deal they do, right? So and the other thing is this uh, this idea of emotional intelligence. You have to really be listening to people and connecting with them. And, and Chris, I think you used the word stepping into their shoes and letting them know you understand the, the pain that, that they're in and that you've been there before and, and that you're there to help them with that journey. That's how you separate yourself from being a salesperson
1: to a, a true consultant yeah they feel comfortable with you because you you made that decision that they're sitting there contemplating whether to make. So I want to take a step in a direction that I think is is good for the audience to hear. Um, Neil. So you were a business owner, and then you 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 did a few other things, right? You went to the corporate world, then you got into business brokerage. But how do you go from being business owner? but the person in charge? making all the decisions the tough decisions on a day-to-day basis to them basically working for a client and 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 how does that transition go was that a difficult transition
0: no no for me it was not a it was not a difficult transition i mean i I, even when i was a business owner the first time i felt like my clients were were kind of my boss in, in a way because i was beholden to To serving them or else I I wasn't compensated Um, I will say that you know I was in a B2C type environment I was selling retail and so customers would come to me so there was a huge transition to to go to B2B and and I'm very thankful that I took a corporate a corporate position where I was helping people with their advertising sales because I had to learn how to instead of people coming to me to buy stuff how to get in front of them and interrupt their world essentially and stop and listen to me so it was actually a pretty seamless transition for me to go from advertising sales which is selling this intangible notion of of an idea that there's no widgets moved in advertising sales right to selling businesses because it's it, it was is it was very similar proposition you you're here and you want to be there how are we going to achieve that together so yeah it was a pretty smooth transition for me
2: For me, I never viewed the client as my boss. I viewed the client as a partner in trying to accomplish what they needed to accomplish or wanted to accomplish. So it was never a question of, you know, they're higher than me or lower than me. We were equal in the transaction. And because of that, as I said, many of my clients, if not all of them, would always ask me my opinion before they made any decision, whether they'd be a buyer or a seller, because. As I would train our new agents, I said to them, the two things that you must accomplish in order to be successful is you have to gain their trust and their confidence. Because if they don't trust you or don't have confidence in you, whatever you tell them is going to go in one ear and out the other. I often liken I that to to working with an accountant or an attorney.
1: You, you know, you you pay your attorney a lot of money to give you advice on a certain matter. At the end of the day, you have to make a decision based on that advice because you have to live with the results. And sometimes you make a decision that is exactly what the attorney said, or sometimes it's not a life or death or you go to jail decision. It's, okay, these are your options in this business contract. These are the ramifications, but you're in the middle of a deal negotiation. The attorney says, legally, I think this is the best way to go, but you make it. You might make a decision that's fine, but for this transaction, in order to get it done, I'm okay with maybe going this direction, but you let that advice play heavily into your decision. I think we do that in our job as business intermediaries. We give the best advice we possibly can, but at the end of the day, we allow them to make the final decision and the best decision, but we give them enough information to be able to do so.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, In my
1: advertising career,
0: I felt like I was kind of a data filter, right? There's a million different ways you can get your message out, and I'm here to 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 kind of shine the light on the best path for you to go from here to there. And and it's no different in in this business in that we are we're bringing the best options, but ultimately, the beauty of entrepreneurship is these owners, they've created something and it's theirs. It's their decision. And we're just there. I love this idea of partnering with them. We're just there to help them make the, the best decision with the expertise that we bring.
1: And Neil, let's just say I'm contemplating a career change right now, or I was a business owner and, and you, Neil, you just sold my business, great job. I, I thought you did a phenomenal job. You're a terrific broker. In fact, you made such an impression on me, I'm thinking I want to become a business broker. At that point, how will logging in and taking a look at the, at the IBBA Steps to Success program how will that help me, if any, make a decision on whether or not that this might be a great career change for me? Well, th- that white paper
0: I referenced, it does a great job of of going through these are the types of skills that you'll need. This is the type of money that you'll make. This is the potential legal ramifications. So it's almost a SWOT analysis of the industry in general. It's a pretty deep dive into all the considerations to see if if you're a good fit and then it'll also give you the ability to log on to some webinars and ask some experts if you have specific questions uh, to get specific answers
1: yeah I I think that's so important because as you know turning into a, a business broker as we jokingly said earlier oh it's such an easy job anyone can do it you realize it's hard and you realize what the failure rate could possibly be you know, you have, you know, that to be able to have someone or a group or an organization or an outlet to to be able to ask the questions or be able to see um, in, in in writing or on your screen that this is what makes a successful business work. Or these are the steps that you follow. These are some of the character, all the things that are in this step to success. I, I could imagine may um, make the decision for someone say, okay, yeah, I think I can do this, but it very well may be doing someone a, a, a great service by. They come to the conclusion that maybe this isn't right for me. And that's okay too, because the worst thing you want to do is invest a year or so of your life into something that you said, man, if I would have only known this about the industry, maybe I wouldn't have done that.
0: That's true. There's an opportunity cost for taking the wrong the wrong path. So it's important to do the diligence, just like if you're going to buy a business, do the diligence on a career before you make that move as well.
1: I love that so that's this is a career change uh due diligence uh for someone that's looking at maybe i'll become a business broker i think they should
2: use that neil yeah absolutely
1: uh so my father when he was was past chairman of the idba was very involved in business brokers been retired about 10 years now but he he credits a lot to the idba so obviously steps to success wasn't around when you made your decision but i would like you to tell us you know the IBBA itself and the CBI and the education once you made that turn and said yes I'm gonna be a business broker yes I'm gonna join the IBBA you know w- without using numbers let- let's get down to the nitty-gritty when people buy and sell businesses they always say it's about it's about the dollar how you know you can tell you someone all about the business you want to talk about At the end of the day they always ask you yeah but how much can I make or you know what's it worthwhile to me so by going through the IBBA, educating yourself, you know, maybe on a percentage basis, maybe you don't use
2: numbers, but how much more successful financially did that, did that make you as a broker? Oh, I think it's substantially more successful. And, again, just the tools that I was able to gain. And now I look, you know, at talking to you, I, you know, you're so involved in the IBBA, and to see what they've accomplished since I've retired, it just blows my mind away these webinars are phenomenal and all these new programs that they have and the new classes that they have and it's just a continual thing the only thing that i i kind of regret is they went to the one um conference a year i think right well and you know
1: what you know, that's the old school way of looking at it and and it was because you like the feel and touch of being around the people but We have so much now. Back in the day when there were two conferences, it made a lot of sense to do that. Nowadays, there's so much going on virtually, and we work so closely with the affiliates and their conferences that the one conference has proven to be such a successful thing. But I would agree with you on one thing, and Neil would probably too. Twice a year was fun because you got to see your friends. These were people that shared the struggles and shared everything that you shared, and and you got to exchange information. But there are so many other
2: outlets nowadays that were able to do that that's great I just remember you know I have often said I've learned as much at the bar or at over a dinner uh, as I have by taking some courses because one of the things that really set the IBBA apart for me from any other organization I've ever been involved with is that they didn't view them as they didn't view themselves as your competitor and they would be glad to share proprietary information which always blew my mind and you know what I did the same I gave them yeah. training course, I like Uh, you know, it was give and take, it was wonderful. Yeah,
0: I agree with that completely, I think we're all itching to get back to the, to the conferences, and um, the content online has been incredibly educational, but there's this thing, I call it interstitial time, it's the unplanned run into somebody, you know, at the bar or whatever, where you get into a conversation you didn't plan on having, that's where the real magic is, and it's, it's that's something we're all missing right now I think we all can't wait to get back to that
1: all right Neil don't use big words like that on me okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, look we're coming to the end of the of the podcast I think we've done a great job about talking about the IDDH steps of success I think we've done a great job of hearing both of your stories because I think that's important for someone that's looking to make that career change they're talking about you know the steps to success how that can help and also you went from business owner to business broker. Neil, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with you with the last question, and I'm going to end with, with my father. But today you're talking to two past chairmen of the IBDA, and I would consider you, and the way we were able to become past chairmen is because we didn't know how to say no. They said, "Will you do, and we said yes. So it's a, like so many other past chairs, it's a volunteer organization, and so many people give so much. And I so much appreciate, and I notice and see, how much time that, that you give to the IBBA and how much you give of yourself that I'm pretty sure in the future, uh, we'll be, we'll be saying that there were three, uh, chairman of the, of the IBBA on this podcast. Cause you know, not because it's your goal or you're looking to it because you give so much and the IBBA does reward those that give. But so my final question to you, and then I'll give it to my father was what advice would you give someone who's looking to change careers or maybe they just sold their business? And they're contemplating becoming a business broker
0: well i would say that uh well in response to me volunteering with the ibba like anything in life you get out of it what you put into it and that's why i give my time i've, I've gotten so much out of it i'll continue to give to it as far as planning for a business brokerage career um i think it's really important to to do a lot of research, to, to, make sure, to make an informed decision, take advantage of opportunities like this, Steps to Success program. By the way, I've mentioned it several times, but if you Google IBBA Steps to Success, you'll find that white paper and the, all the past programming, the upcoming programming. Take advantage of that, but when it comes time to say, am I ready? you will never be 100% sure if it's the right choice for you. You may get to 95% at the most, but ultimately you have to just take action and take the plunge and then just commit to it. And that's how you're gonna become a successful intermediary.
2: Uh, What I would say is that, first of all, um, if there's a, depending on the state you're in, if they have a state association, join it. Join the IBBA, get as much education as you possibly can, and also get involved. I mean, after that first Sunday morning when I took that very first course, I knew then that I wanted to be involved in the IBBA. And at the end of the week, I signed up for, I think, three different committees and worked towards getting on the board and ultimately becoming a chairman because I wanted to give as much as I possibly could. It's a great organization and anybody that is serious about becoming a business broker needs to invest their time and their money in getting the education they need to add to the skills that they already have to be a successful business broker. So it's it's so funny to sit here and and call you
1: Cress, although that's your name, Um, but you know, Dad has always done, done pretty well for me, but you know, I. I thank you for all the support that you've given to the IBBA. Although you're retired, you know, throughout the years, all the all the people you helped in this industry. And Neil, I thank you for all the current support that you're giving everyone, all that you've done. And I appreciate both of you taking time out of your busy schedules to be a part of this podcast, IBBA Insights, to continue support the IBBA, and, and really just sharing your With everyone. So, I want to thank you both for being on today. You're welcome. Thank you, Chris, and thank you, Chris. (laughs) Nice meeting you, Neil. You too. (laughs) That is the beauty of the IBBA. We're able to do this podcast called IBBA Insights, and we're able to bring you such great information and content and tap into people that have done it, people that are doing it, and now we're talking about people that are going to do it in the future. So, that's the goal. Um, if you have specific questions regarding IBBA steps to success, you can email success at IBBA.org. And one of the step, one of our steps to success committee volunteers will follow up with you directly. So you have a path to do that again, it's success at IBBA.org. You email that and one of the steps to success committee volunteers will follow up with you. That's a great resource guys. Um, people that are listening out there, Thank you so much for listening to today's episodes of IBBA Insights. To listen to all of our shows, again, you can go to ibba.org slash insights. Once you're there, you can subscribe by clicking the Apple, Android, or the email icon. And as we say, you'll never have to miss another episode of IBBA Insights again. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of IBBA Insights. As always, I look forward to talking with you on the next episode of IBBA Insights.